In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Time to go in the lab. And my name's Drew Doherty with my good pal, John Harris. And this is a weird one, John. We're shooting this on a Tuesday morning around 11 o'clock. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of uncertainty in the air. So yeah. we're about to say some stuff. And there's a chance, although I, I don't think it, it, it'll happen, but there's a chance a lot of what we say will be termed irrelevant, uh, whether it's football stuff or COVID stuff. Either way, uh, there's a lot going on. And first of all, it's good to talk with you. You doing all right? Yeah, man. It's good to see you again. Um, you know, it was a tough day in Pittsburgh. You know, a beautiful day in the Steel City. And, you know, Drew, it's interesting. We take all these trips and been on many, many trips. And Pittsburgh is one of my favorite places to go. Unfortunately, this one was, it was tough because we were, we were, you know, essentially when you go with the team on the, on the trip, you're just locked down. You can't go anywhere. So I just stayed in motel. I watched a lot of college football, so that's fine. That's a, it's a nice consolation prize. But we were in a great downtown location. Like when you looked out my window, you could see PNC Park, not even a quarter of a mile down the street. And Heinz Field is just on the other side of that. And that was a little bit of a walk there, but still, it's a really kind of vibrant area right there on the river. And, you know, we had to stay in a hotel. It's a really cool town. I mean, I think people think of Pittsburgh and think of the Steel City. I mean, I haven't mentioned this such. I always had a bad impression of it from growing up. And it's It's gorgeous. It's such a a great city. It was so gorgeous. Some of the trees were starting to change color. Um, It was about 75 degrees. It did get a little salty down on the field um, at times. It was somewhere between 78 to 80 on the field. And, and look, we're we're used to that to a degree. But – Still playing a game and you're on the field for a long time in that second half. The defense wasn't particular. It's there's no there's no real secret why that defense sort of kind of wilted in the second half against the Steelers. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, like I let's just like move on from that. And yeah. let's let's hit on this rumor out there, the idea out there that the Texans might sign Earl Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Convince me, and I've already I already have some good ideas, but convince me. Why is this good for the Texans? Well, you know, I, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's not. I, I'm, I'm kind of in between on this, Drew, because I think that when you, when you hear about what happened with Earl with the Ravens, you, you start to think, man, that's not something that an 0-3 team needs. I'm talking about football-wise, purely but, from a football standpoint, from, from what you've seen in the last year or so. From a football perspective, he's still got some cover skills. Um, he's still got range in the middle of the field. Now, he's not going to be a tremendous tackler, but I think Earl Thomas carries a certain panache. Um, he, there, there's respect for him that as a quarterback, you've got to account for him every single play. Like, okay, where's Earl? Just like this week, Deshaun's going to have to account for Harrison Smith. Where is 22? Teams will have to look for where Earl Thomas is. Because if he's floating in the middle of the field, you know, I can't let this ball float in the middle of the field. He's going to go get it. i got to make sure that I keep him, I hold him, and I look somewhere else. Well, maybe just that, that little sliver of time is enough that he's looking at Earl Thomas trying to make him decide what he's going to do while he decides, the quarterback does, and that gives the pass rush time to get there. Um, and also just from a turnover perspective. I mean, the last time that we saw Earl on a field – well, prior to his Baltimore Ravens days in 2017. He was game, taking, taking he, it to the house against uh, Deshaun and, and the Texans. Pick six, he read Deshaun's eyes, <laughs> picked it off, away you go. 
uh, 75-yard pick six, and that got Seattle back in the game because Texas had scored, made 7 nothing, and then stopped the Steel, uh, Seahawks on a three and out. Texas are going in to score again, make it 14 nothing, and all of a sudden it's 7-7 because of Earl Thomas. So I think there are a number of things that Earl brings to it. And the thing about it is Anthony Weaver – Defense coordinator for the Texans has been playing a lot of three safety look, depending on how you classify Eric Murray. Yeah. But Eric's been playing a lot like a nickel, but he's a safety, but he's a safety nickel. So either way, they've been playing three guys that you would consider safeties. That says S in the program. And that ends up being, you know, they were playing AJ Moore, Justin Reed, and Eric Murray. Well, when AJ pulled his hamstring and got hurt pretty good, which is such a shame because he was playing very well, then at that point, your, your depth becomes limited that position. They have been using Lonnie Johnson there, which I've not been surprised um, because I've said all along, what have I told you? Where did I think Lonnie Johnson was going to end up? And that's where he's been playing a lot lately. Uh, but beyond those three guys now with Lonnie, Eric, and Justin in the game, you don't have much depth. But now if you do have an Earl Thomas, he takes up that safety position. He plays next to Justin Reed. You let Eric continue to do what he's doing. Um, as kind of your slot corner, your nickel. Um, and then you use Lonnie as a total wild card. And I kind of I like that from that perspective. So from a football perspective, it, it's, it's got some legs. Now, how much does he have in the tank? That's, that's, a, that's a valid question. It's a very valid question, how much he has left in the tank. But if he's even got half a tank left, let's go grab him. And let's hope that it's um, you know, more like 2020 summer gas prices as opposed to gas prices you know, three, four years ago when it was $3.50 a gallon. You know what I mean? So Fair enough. let's see what happens. Keep our All eye right. on it. Very interesting story. Let's hop into non-negotiables this weekend. I'm going to go kind of weird. Okay. Let's go two-minute offense until it gets stopped. Let's do yeah. that offense that the Texans were running, end of the, the first half, mm -hmm. and let's just clip down the field and see what you can do. Now, if it gets stopped, okay, then let's switch things back up. Let's, let's see what else is working. But make someone stop that offense because that's as gorgeous a drive as I've ever seen the Texans uh, have. Now, you've had one play drives where you hit Will Fuller deep and it's a touchdown, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But I'm talking about bang, 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 bang. Didn't face a second down, I think, maybe on that drive because maybe, I, I believe yeah. the completion was something one. like 20, 20, 17, 30. Yeah. They were yeah. just clipping up the field. Now, it's a different defense. It's a different set of, of – of, uh, challenges that the Vikings will present as opposed to the Steelers. But let's go with that tempo. Let's go with that personal grouping. And let's go with that idea that we're going to attack and we're going to go after these guys and mm -hmm. we're going to make you cover all this speed that we've heard about at wide receiver and at the running back spot and at tight end all off season long. What do you think? You cool with that? I am right there with you, man. This is something I've been preaching for the last couple of years. I would like to see them do it. And I thought they would probably, I thought they would do more of this in 2019 and then there were a lot of changes at, uh, up and down. You had Laramie there for, you know, he got there a week before the first game. Max and Titus were rookies. It's tough to do that with, an, with the offensive line to try to make sure everything's right. But I think it helps the offensive line because it wears down a defensive line. I think it helps because secondaries can't give you a bunch of exotic different looks. And if that's the way you want to play, like that's natural to you and the way your guys kind of look at things, man, do it. Do it. Yeah. And I, I've seen the receivers when they've been out there. I've seen Will Fuller. I remember last year there was a game with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. I saw them look over the sidelines. They were doing this, kind of the universal sign of kind of do the same thing, do the same thing, let's go. And so I'm right with you. 
to me, that's one of the best drives I have seen maybe since I've been on the sidelines. It I'm saying it, I'm, five, it's, it's one of the it best drives in Texans history. I mean, it's, it was so – it was just like he hit Cooks. I think that was the only second down. He hit Cooks for a short gain or, you know, seven, eight yards. But right. then it was Cobb, Aikens, Cobb, Fuller touchdown. I mean, it was like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, they, I know for sure they didn't face a third down. So you're right. They faced no, you're a right. second down. But yeah. No, you're, right. you're exactly right. They did not face a third down. They stayed out of those long situations. The pass rush was minuscule. And Deshaun had time. And guys made plays. And I, I just feel like this group moves fast and best that way. But, you know, we'll see. Um, so I, th- I'm with you. I think I'm going to go on the other side of the ball because I, I agree totally with you. The other side of the ball, to me, there are two non-negotiables. One's very easy, and I'll take kind of a subset of it, and that is you've got to slow down Dalvin Cook because, to me, everything sort of feeds off of what Dalvin Cook does in the run game. Here's a subset of that. When everybody talks about Gary Kubiak's offense, they all talk, oh, stretch zone, outside zone, ooh, zone, 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 zone. I've watched the, the Vikings in just the first half of the Titans game. I've seen three different – other running game concepts it's not just zone and even if it's stretch zone there's some wrinkles that they have that still allow it to get free I mean they've got a situation with outside zone where instead of the whole thing kind of moving like this they take the fullback and so the the four guys on the the guard all the way to the right they go like this the tackle turns like this and then the fullback goes up and takes what the tackle is going to block and the linebackers are kind of like – they're kind of lost. And then Dalvin Cook cut it back for like a 10-yard game. And it's like if you go in thinking it's all about zone game, and that's important to them, but they've got other wrinkles. In fact, the Dalvin Cook's touchdown run in the first half is like a 39-yard run. It was straight out of a power play. It was just a power play, guard coming around, fullback following, actually more of a counter play. And they just mowed that side down, guard and, and uh, fullback came around, Cook just followed it. 39-yard touchdown. Now, mm. I don't think Tennessee's defense, in all honesty, is all that good, to be honest. I think they've got a couple of really good players. But overall, I don't think it's great. Well, don't but say I that. To, wait, 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 wait. Don't say that to Titans fans because Titans fans are talking like this is the 85 Bears. Oh, whatever. And um, I get yeah, the respect that up, they deserve. You gave up 30 to Gardner Minshew. <laughs> the Dolphins I'm gave joking, up I'm joking, I'm joking. Come at me, Titan Rick, Titan Joe, Titan James, yeah, you got three no record, but if Buttons you're talking about the defense, don't tell me it's that good. Don't tell me it's that good. Either way, this you have to recognize that they're, the Vikings are doing some more things in the run game than just outside zone. Um, and to that end, I'd like to see us do a few more things outside the zone game um, and try to do a few more things in the run game to take advantage of not only David Johnson, uh, but also Deshaun Watson. But it's it, that defense, and to your point, Drew, if you can get your up-tempo going and really rolling and it's quite easy to run if you do board, that. they have to catch up to you. So now yeah. they got to throw a little bit more. They have to get out of that running game. Um, and now, you know, you can maybe get your defense off the field. Now you can be exotic coming after Kirk Cousins because he's not going to hurt you in the run game. So you can do some different things. But to me, if you don't stop Dalvin Cook, then you're going to have a long day. They've been doing a pretty good job on the receivers for the most part. So Thielen and Justin Jefferson present a challenge. But if you take away the run and make them a little bit more predictable throwing, 
Now you can set up to take away Thielen with a double team, Justin Jefferson with some bracket coverage, and get some pressure on Kirk Cousins. And then it kind of all falls into your, into your hands at that point, hopefully. So, fingers crossed, 0-3 versus 0-3, the more desperate team is going to win this game. So hopefully the Texans are more desperate. All right, let's very quickly wrap this up and get very dorky because we were having a dork conversation via text <laughs> before we did all this. Yeah. And it was, who do we miss? Who from the past would we love to bring back? So I'm going to give you one Texan from a, like the best year that he had that you'd love to insert on this team. Not, oh, I want Andre Johnson. You can choose Andre Johnson, but yeah. it's going to be – Oh, I want Andre Johnson of 2008, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Andre Johnson of 2012, or I want Brian Cushing of 2009, so on and so on. So, John, with that, who are you bringing back? Jadeveon Clowney, 2016. Hmm. I think if Cl the way Clowney played in 16 after JJ got hurt was maybe the best football I've seen him play. You could maybe even say 2017 as well. But I felt like in 2016, after J.J. got hurt, I felt like Clowney's game just went to a totally different level. And there's so much you could do with him in the run game, in the run defense, and teams really had to account for that. And, look, we know that he, he was never and is never going to be this great pass rusher. But he's so dynamic and unique that I think that's something that the defense could use, could use right now is just that – that 2016 clowny. I don't think he's playing at that level now. And I don't know that he played at that level last year. But 2016, whew, he was a whole different dude. So I would say 2016 clowny. What about okay. you? What do you say? I like that one. So if you're going to put that clowny there, that takes him away from me. So mm. you've added that clowny. I'm going to go with 2011 Jonathan Joseph. Ooh, Let's that's get a great one. I mean, it's either that or 2002 Aaron Glenn as far as maybe the you know, best corner year of all time yep. in franchise history. But I'm going to go with J. Joe just because I know J. Joe better and, and was there to see it firsthand. So I'm going to do that. We're going to add Clowney and uh, prime J. Joe, prime Clowney to that defense. And I think that that will solve a lot of problems because I think Bradley Roby's playing pretty well. I think so too. Yep. You get two really good corners like that Yep. along with more pass rush and disruptiveness. And yep. Um, messing up the run game of other teams. Yes. I'm cool with that. You cool with that? Absolutely. I'd be May, I was, very, very cool with that. I was thinking about maybe adding 2011 Antonio Smith for a variety of reasons, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with some help on the outside because you, you address the front seven. Yep. Absolutely. Done. All right. Sounds good. Uh, hope, hope this, uh, this conversation stands the test of time. And, um, we, we're talking about, football this week and not about cancellations or, or yeah. other things but yeah it's always great talking with you my friend and uh, it, we're going to continue the dork conversation via text as we finish and conclude this in the lab thank you all for listening and watching send us a question on in the lab at twitter at j harris football or at j harris fb on uh, football for uh, or on twitter for john i'll get that out i promise i speak for a living i'm paid to speak for a living at j harris football you had it right at Jay Harris Football. Yeah, at Jay Harris Football. And then I'm at Doherty Drew. So, here we yeah. go. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. Stay on top. <laughs>